Welcome to On the Edge with Liza Pullman. On the Edge explores the frontier of human potential. What really is possible? Experts in medicine, business, science, and belief systems divulge methods and pathways to productivity, profitability, well-being, freedom, and happiness. Now, here's your host, Liza Pullman. Welcome. Welcome. Today on The Edge, I am thrilled to share this space with Possibilitarian Valori Thomas. Valori Thomas is a coach, a speaker, and founder of WOW Coaching and Consulting. Valori is a practitioner of context mastery with a decade of experience in team and group dynamics, communication, and both one-to-one and group coaching. She facilitates corporate trainings as well as adult and youth leadership development programs for Momentum Education and Aiming High Inc. in New York City, Los Angeles, and Atlanta. Valori Thomas is a possibilitarian. Through her leadership development trainings, personal coaching, speaking engagements, and soon-to-be-released book, It's a Great Day to be Amazing, she helps clients to see the vastness of possibilities and the impact of having choices from an empowered perspective. Her nonprofit organization, Take Higher Ground, provides personal effectiveness and performance training to women seeking to re-enter the workforce following an institutional hiatus. Welcome, Valori. Thank you so much, Liza. It's a great day to be amazing and an honor to be here. I am so excited you're with us today. And as an expert on possibilities, as a possibilitarian, Let's put it out there. For each and every one of us, the possibilities are truly endless. True? Absolutely. You know, um, what really, I should say, sparked, uh, ignited this whole conversation and training workshop around possibilities, I saw a meme that said people who are looking at the glass half empty or half full are missing the point. The glass is refillable. I have to tell you that was like a mind blowing moment for me. I equated myself to being the glass. And so my thought was, well, if the glass is refillable, then my life is refillable. And if my life is refillable, then let me start looking and identifying the areas across my life where I experienced the glass half empty and half full. And that created, uh, it just opened up a path of possibility, nuances, uh, shifting perceptions. Uh, it's been an amazing journey. You know, it sounds like the floodgates opened, that when you had this aha moment, that really water came rushing through and really shifted how you look at the world. Absolutely. And here's the thing. Perception is a hell of a thing. 
No, let me rephrase that. Perception is everything. The thing about perception is that nine times out of 10 for most adults or most human beings, we interact with our perceptions as if they're realities. However, they're simply our take on reality. Hmm. They are not fact. And so in the automaticity of life as it exists today, this is the technology age, right? The pursuit is to get from point A to point B and to do that well. And in doing so, we get kudos. However, what happens in the pursuit of getting to from point A to point B, the routine seems to take over and our experiences of ourselves and our intentions become diminished somehow. It's like the routine just takes over. And so my whole premise about the glass being refillable, my life being refillable, is really to regain or reclaim the control of your time, your creativity, your spirituality, All of these things funnel into how you are with your finances and your health. And so the possibilities there are endless. It's a wide open field and as individual as we are. You know, this is a theme that comes up in so many different ways. The the routine, people being far too highly programmed, far too busy, just going through the motions every day, getting up, doing what they do to prepare for work, going to work, doing what they do at work, coming back, filling that time with whatever they need to accomplish, and then going to bed. And in that space, it does seem like people get lost from themselves, that they're going back to the the glass analogy, that it's almost like they're empty glasses. What they filled it with doesn't have meaning to who they really are. What's missing is that's exactly it. Oh my God. That's exactly it. What's missing is the significance. Mm. There's one thing there's, there's success and there's success that has significance. So what I mean by that is like when I came out of college, right? Success for me at that time was meant the clothes, the material things, the bank account, that type of thing. At this stage of my life, success means something very different. It's embedded in my values, in my spirituality, in owning my time and my physical well-being, as well as my financial state. And here's the thing about our financial state. The conversation about money is, is, is such a, I don't know. It's, it's, it's such a thing, right? However, the way that we are with ourselves, our discipline with ourselves and our money and our time, the way we are with ourselves is exactly the way we are with our money. What you afford yourself, what you deny yourself, what you give yourself, how you honor yourself. If you look at your bank account, there's a direct correlation. Not only your bank account, how you take care of your body physically. 
If you look at your practices, there's a direct correlation. Now, what I mean by that, and please don't hear me from a point of good, bad, or, or right or wrong. This is not that. This is really about what works versus what doesn't. This is a grown ass conversation. Oops, I'm sorry, but I. <laughs> That's the beauty of internet radio. You can use those words. We won't bleep them out. It's a grown ass conversation. <laughs> what works versus what doesn't? Because perfection is an illusion. It's a perception that robs us of our greatness hmm. and our potential. It's something that technology reinforces. Which is why I really am so honored and love the opportunity and the connection that we have in this moment that I can express it. I believe that technology, the way that it was designed, was to connect people globally, different than ever before, close the gap. But what's happened over time is that people have more of a relationship with technology than with each other, it's become like the middle thing between us, heart to heart, spirit to spirit. And in that way, what has happened, I believe the outside influences. So especially when it comes to young folks, let me use this example. They they have a whole different existence because it's funneled through the filter of technology. And so when they see role models or they're deemed icons through this, it appears as if these folks are the exception. Which can be diminishing if they're the exception, then that may be a hard cry for me to be able to be where they are. Very different than when I was growing up, right? Um, my role models were people that I could actually see and touch. They were the example rather than the exception. And I think that technology has created that paradigm for us. And I'm very concerned about it, which is why I'm so like passionate about possibilitology. Well, and one of the um, greatest obstacles to, you know, these endless possibilities is created by technology now and the media, which is a form of technology. And that is how it forms our thoughts. Let's talk about like the challenge of thoughts of how we think to really um, getting breaking through to possibilities. Excellent, because our our thoughts. <clears throat> let me put it this way. The culmination of our thoughts and our thinking. Direct and create the outcomes of our lives. Hmm. Very powerful. However, it's it, there's a direct correlation. The way that we think about ourselves and others directs or creates the pathway for our decisions and outcomes. And this takes you immediately back or it takes me immediately back to where I what are the areas of my life that I experience myself half empty or half full? My thoughts and thinking are the measuring, how should I say, the measuring stick that would have me experience this or that half empty or half full. 
So let's say when it comes to my personal relationship with myself, I believe that people are very removed from that now because of due to the funnel of technology. It's almost like listening to your inner voice, the inability to actually hear who's underneath because you're so busy taking in what other people believe and think. And I'm so glad that you said that to piggyback on that. The inner voice, it's something right. It It's an entity. It exists. It really is your driving force. It's your compass, whether you acknowledge it or not. You'll so, find. No, go ahead. You'll find that you're constantly bumping up against it in your decision making and all of the outcomes that you have in your life. Your inner dialogue is really your compass. It's the state of what is and what has always been in terms of your gifts, talents, integrity and values. Well, and we also we have judgments and we have fear which are always huge thoughts that get in the way of us being able to see anything or hear anything. Well, judgments and fear are are byproducts. Judgment is a byproduct of fear. Now, I'm not saying, please don't hear me say that we don't have judgments. As human beings, it's automatic. However, it's a learned behavior. And judgments actually, what what do they do? They create separation. Think about it. No, it's so true. However, it's a byproduct of fear. And, you know, I'm going to step out on a limb here. However, what's true for me, fear is an illusion. Like perfection. It's a learned behavior and there's nowhere on the planet where you can go and find fear. (laughs) You have to create it yourself. Mm Mm-hmm. And so the connection to the fact that we created ourselves based upon our thoughts, the environments of our lives, the aesthetics of our lives and our history is one that is an undertaking all by in its own right. So let's do I know you have activities that you have designed that are part of your book, which we'll talk about later. But the activity is something that brings awareness to how we think. And this is a good time, I think, to bring that in. Okay, so I would ask everyone who is listening to grab a piece of paper and a pen. And take the piece of paper and fold it in half. Great. Now, on the outside of the paper, I want you to bring to mind the top 10 words that resonate for you, that describe your perception of how others perceive you. We are always getting feedback. The top 10 words, you don't have to think about it. We're always getting feedback that describe your perception of how others perceive you. This will be automatic. You're always getting this feedback, whether you acknowledge it or not. You've heard it again and again and again. Please list that now. 
And if you go over 10, it's fine. Let's give you another 30 seconds. The words that come immediately top of mind. And if you finish, take a last look at your list and see if you've left anything out. You're always getting feedback. Now, if you're still writing, I'm going to ask you to complete your thought and please begin to bring that to a close. And if you're still writing, I'm going to ask that you bring that to a close now. Okay, great. Let's all take a deep breath in and release it. Now, on the inside of the folded page, I want you to list the top, let's say, 10, 15 words that come to mind immediately that describe your perception of yourself. Please begin. You know exactly what I'm talking about. That inner dialogue. The thing you say to yourself even when you get a compliment. Your perception of yourself. And if you're finished writing, take a look again over your list. Did you leave anything out? If so, take the next 30 seconds to put it in. Very good. And if you're still writing, please complete your thought and begin to bring that to a close. Please bring that to a complete close and stop writing now. Okay, new moment. Take a deep breath in and release it. Now, this can be very eye-opening, and it, it will be as individual as we are. But if you look at what you wrote on the outside of your page as compared to what you wrote on the inside of your page, you might notice there's a variance. And for, let's say, like 89% of folks, especially adults, the noticed variance is that there's a distinct difference based upon the information that's received in terms of the perception that other have, others have of them versus our perception of ourselves, And nine times out of ten, our perception of ourself is diminished as compared to the feedback that we're always getting. 
which implies that although there is positive affirmation in our lives and results, tangible results that speak to it, what we're navigating our life by is what's on the inside. So, Valori, I want to take a short break and then I want to share what I got out of this. Is that all right? We can continue this activity in the next segment. Beautiful. Okay, so we need to take a short break. I've been speaking with Possibilitarian Valori Thomas on the power of our thoughts to manifesting purpose-driven lives we truly desire. We'll be back in a few minutes. You're listening to On the Edge with Liza Pullman on TalkZone.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to On the Edge. I'm speaking with Possibilitarian Valori Thomas about the power of thoughts to manifesting the lives we truly desire. We left off with an activity that Valori did with us. If you're just joining us now, please go back to the beginning of the show and do the activity about seeing how others perceive us versus how we perceive ourselves. Valori. I'm here. What did you, what have you found through this activity? What happens with people when you do this activity with them? It's very eye opening. Um, it becomes emotional and heartfelt because it's right in your face. And the automaticity begins to kind of fray away. And the connection to the automaticity sets in. And so what I love about this activity is that it creates a deliberate pause. Hmm. You know what I noticed, because I had the luxury of being able to do this activity um, while you were speaking, and I noticed that the on the inside, it's like I don't show everyone who I am, like how people perceive me on the outside is not how it's not actually who I am. And here's the thing about our thoughts. And the older I get, I'm learning that life, you know, when we grow up and our grandparents and the elders in our lives tell us that life is simple. Right. But we don't believe it. And then with the tech, here comes the technology age. And so my mantra is less is more. But what what if believing is the key to receiving? Mm. Believing is the key to receiving. Beautiful. Now, wait, that's not all of it. Whether you have the desired outcome or not. Hmm. It's losing attachment to the outcomes. Yes. However, the way that we think it dictates or precedes our behavior, our decisions, and our outcomes. What if believing is actually the key? Hmm. And then when we talk about, okay, when we talk about thoughts, right, and feedback, feedback means many different things now, depending on the context. But in its essence, feedback is purely information. Mm-hmm. 
It's what we do with the information that makes all the difference. And what we do with it is a product of our thoughts and history. Mm. Exactly. Whether we take someone's feedback as negative, as positive, as loving, as painful, is all based on our conditioning. Yes, because our thoughts are looking, our thoughts are, they have energy. And they're, the thing about our thoughts is really to keep us in a realm of knowing. Mm. However, that's a tight space because everything we know has already happened, which means that it's all a reflection of the past, which is not here, which we can't get back, recall, redefine unless we do it conceptually. The past is gone. However, and I love that. And the past was created by prior thoughts. So it's like manifesting. We manifested what we were thinking, and now that's in the past. And un- <clears throat> I think subconsciously we collect evidence around what we already know to feel safe and secure. Mm-hmm. It's the bias. However, what that actually does for us is limit us mm. and puts us in a box because everything we know can only support us to this moment. It can't take us to the future or the next moment. It's what we already know. There's like, there's no freedom in that. You know, it's a really, it's a really hard concept for people to initially wrap their minds around, you know, that's, which is a little bit of a pun that what we think and what we say manifests. Absolutely. And on the flip side of that, what we say and what we think manifests, therefore, anything is possible. Exactly. Exactly. My uh, the thing that I do with my clients and my possibilitology workshop is create a practice so that at the end of each day you could surrender. What if you could surrender the day back to the day, like the fullness of it, what Mm -hmm. worked, what didn't work, the in, the out, the up and down of it. If you could allow yourself to complete the day, a mental line of demarcation and surrender it back to the day so that you could have a new moment, we could all sleep better. (laughs) It's like the concept of letting go, like really letting go of the day. Day by day. Day by day. So this, the body has something to do with this. Absolutely. Because it's our vehicle. It's the, it's our context for experiencing our lives. And where our bodies are not where they could be. Therefore, our outcomes follow suit as well. Because this is the vehicle that's carrying us. It's mm-hmm. like um, uh, one of my mentors, her name is Sylvia High, and she does a, a workshop and she talks about like your vehicle and how you travel down the road of life. And on the road, sometimes, you know, you, you get these little pebbles that get in your exhaust pipe, right? Mm-hmm. And enough enough pebbles 
without your flushing your pipes and stuff like that, enough pebbles, that means your engine is corroded. Mm. And often that leads to discomfort, pain, illness. And many other diseases. Mm-hmm. Many other diseases. And I was deliberate in enunciating it as dis-ease. Mm-hmm. And enough dis-ease, we know by studies and so forth, have a physical manifestation. Mm-hmm. Now, a perfect example, we know like, you know, when the new year comes, we make these goals, everybody's in the gym, right? (laughs) And we're going and listen, you're going and like when you're in your zone, think about this. When you are physically disciplined and, and, and exercising, not only is there the physical reward, but there's a mental manifestation that carries over. The mm-hmm. way that you are in your life is like-minded to what you're doing physically. When you're in your zone and you're, you're doing, you're, you're exercising and you're hitting your goals and so forth, it translates across other areas of your life. You are disciplined in your, with your time, with your obligations, and with their finances, as opposed to now just bring to mind the scenarios when you're when you experience yourself falling off track. <laughs> Everything else kind of falls off track as well. Yeah, there's a direct correlation that I'm committed to making people present to as a vehicle and a switch to having life be different. And it's almost like using your body as a barometer of the state of your being, of the state of your thoughts. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, there are clinical, uh, medical uh, diagnoses that are clinical and medical. Even with that, the practice and honoring of your physicality feeds your spirit and your essential energy in a way that nothing else can. It's magical. It is magical. It is really, it's powerful. It's powerful and you have to actually do it, which goes back to the body. You have to take the actions to see the outcome. Now, when we talk about success, there are two keys, courage and action that speak to the statement that you made to having the courage. And courage is only present in the face of fear. Hello. Mm. Having the courage and then taking the action. Exactly as you said, that's the key to success and not quitting. I really like failure is, uh, you know, there are some words where I, in my own experience, I wish that they didn't exist because failure, like fear, again, is an illusion. Mm -hmm. The only way to fail is to quit. Other than that, it's a learning journey. It's right. an there oppor- are no failures. There's no, there are no failures. It's an opportunity. 
It's an experience. And that's it. Now imagine having an experience of failure and closing it out at the end of the day. Mm. And starting your new day with a new moment with this new information that you can apply to your success. It's a whole different take, very subtle shift. But the room and your energy and your focus is freed up rather than the labels and the burden that failure, the languaging of it presents. It's, it's, it's actually rewiring. You're rewiring the way you operate. And the rewiring lives solely in language, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. The way that we language our lives is an extension of our thoughts, thus creates our realities. A lot of it lives in language. And so my caution to many of my clients is to be careful what you say about you. Hmm. And is your glass half empty or half full when you speak about yourself? Mm-hmm. Because folks will pick up exactly what you say and hold it as fact and true, whether it is or not. It's a moment by moment activity. It, it's, it goes back to the presence concept that you have to be incredibly present to operate in this way. Now, that might sound like a task. Well, how the heck is that supposed to happen? How do I become present? And the way that you become present is less is more on a day-to-day basis. We are, with technology, we are constantly multitasking in a paradigm of being better, faster, smarter, so on and so forth. However, the key is, is that I I believe all humans are smarter, more resilient than we allow or are willing to admit. What does it look like, even feel like when someone is aligned mind and body? There is such a peace and centering and mind and body is is two thirds of the equation. Peace is your spirit where all your creativity, your passion lies Mm. without creative self-expression. We experience an imbalance in life. An imbalance of time. An imbalance as it relates to relationships and definitely an imbalance of money. There's never enough. Make sense? Yeah, you know, the money, the abundance topic is a really, really powerful topic because I think that it hits home for most people. Absolutely. And for many people, our experience around money when it comes to the glass being half empty or half full is half empty. And if you look across the facts of your life, it says something very different. 
Let's take the average adult uh, at, let's say, 40 years, 30 to 40 years old. You have worked at least 10, 15, 20 years of your life. You have already earned how many thousands of dollars, perhaps millions, depending on your income. However, your experience of yourself is something else. Very subtle, huge impact. And when you look across the lines and, and really connect with the facts of what you're generating and the fact that you are generating, here's what I tell my personal clients. And it's uh, uh, something that we rock with and work on. I don't care who's signing the check. Whether you're an entrepreneur or you work in corporate America or however it goes, right? I don't care who's signing the check. You're still working for yourself. You have the ability to create the income and the revenue that you desire. However, your connection to it is something else that has it either in front of you or not when it comes to being present, And I don't know if you've, you know, there's sometimes activities like you did on the thoughts on how other people think about you and how you think about yourself can also be applied to money. You know, how you think about money, what your perception of money is. And it's a very interesting exploration for people to wrap their heads around how their thoughts frame their relationship with money. They really, they really do. And as I said earlier, the way that my, uh, 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 how should I say, belief is the way that we are with ourselves, the way that we handle ourselves is exactly how we handle our money. Money is simply an extension. It's an energy. It's what we do with it. Right. And so um, what we deny ourselves what we provide ourselves is it instant gratification because we experience ourselves as half empty. Mm. Or is it the discipline and the forecasting and the projection or the investment into wealth because we experience ourselves as half full or full? And even in the half empty, half full paradigm, the thing is to be full, thus the refilling. And so if I am not where I where I'd like to be in terms of myself, my finances probably say the same thing. What are the adjustments that I get to make so that I experience the refilling? Having the courage again and the taking the action steps to make the adjustments is the beginning. And listen, we're not talking about like taking one step. Making one thing different affects everything else. And so then everything becomes different and everything has a new moment by taking just one step. On that profound note, we need to take a short break. I've been speaking with Possibilitarian Valori Thomas. We'll be back in a few minutes.
You're listening to On the Edge with Liza Pullman on TalkZone.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to On the Edge. Valori Thomas is with us sharing her powerful practices to align our thoughts and actions towards possibilities and a purpose-driven life. Let's continue. Valori, we have delved into thoughts and then actions, and let's get into possibilities and purpose. What are the possibilities if your thoughts and actions are aligned? Oftentimes, we live in a paradigm of either or. And so people who are multifaceted come up against competing intentions because they're trying to fit in one thing or another when they have multi, they're multi-talented. And it becomes an issue because what happens is that their talents, they're, they're in, how should I say, in drought because you're focusing on one thing or another. And many times you don't know which one to focus on, which one is the right thing. How will you have enough evidence, enough support, enough filtering, enough confidence to pick one or another, one or another and know that it's the right thing? You could possibly live a lifetime and never have an answer to it because you are not to be fixed into an either or concept. I would offer that it be a both and concept that you embrace, that you are multi-talented and you've got options. When you live from that paradigm, it it's a why it opens up your experience and your confidence in itself because you get to own all of the parts of you that are genuine, that are creative, that work, that are actually you. Rather than trying to fit into one box or another. That's a start right there. So it's a little different. You know, you, you work on your thoughts. You let them go at the end of every day. You become very aware of how your thoughts are limiting you and you work on shedding those. And then you step into action by doing that and being very disciplined about how your life is unfolding. It would be it's hard for people to imagine that they have endless possibilities that when they get up in the morning, that really anything is available to them. It's because we are living in an either or paradigm. Mm -hmm. Now, this is what I mean when I say the experience of our life lives inside of language. Mm -hmm. An either or paradigm is a limiting one. It can suggest or imply a state of lack. Just because of the languaging of it, as opposed to a both and paradigm and figuring out the metrics or the process to bring it to fruition, which lives in time in, in, inside of how we prioritize what we do on a day to day basis. 
And I offer to many of my clients that on a day-to-day basis that you live to execute three priorities. That's it. Number how, one, how do they de- Yeah, go ahead. Number one. Number one is what's required of you. Number two, the intended impact. Number three, closing the connections around partnerships in terms of what you're up to. And that being your (coughs) template for success day in or day out. If you can just focus in on those three things and you you have the ability to close them. Now, what gets in the way <clears throat> in terms of process, excuse me, you have to do a bit of decluttering, like identifying your time wasters. What are the things that you do that don't have a return or fruition? They really take up your time. They're fillers. And they're fillers, if you look at it, as to, how should I say, affect where you experience yourself half empty. Many places that we experience ourselves or areas of our life as half empty, it takes a lot of our time. We focus our energy on it. We become depleted, become in reaction, look for instant gratification, spend our money behind it, as well as our time and efforts. So you would have to do a little bit of homework first. And I call it decluttering in terms of identifying your time wasters. Many times the things that you're wasting your time on, you're spending money. (laughs) There's a direct correlation there. I love that because that's an easy thing for people to target, right? If they're like, what is she talking about? I can't figure out how I'm wasting my time. And it's like, well, where are you spending your money? Exactly. There's a direct correlation. You got and then there's a way just that simple nuance right there is a way for you to get it back. Claim your time back and redirect your money. Just right there for many people that in itself has a significant impact. And it's not anything That's outside of your control. The thing is to really have control of our time, our money, our creativity, our relationships, our desires. So it will take a bit of decluttering. And the declutter is amazing because that's the thing that allows you to be present to the complete state of what is in the paradigm of your life. So what about the I'm wondering if you can just give a brief, very brief amount of information about the three priorities, the what's required of you, the intended impact and the closing connections around partnership. Okay, so. 
And let's talk to what's required of you. So let's say if you're in a supervisory position, right, and you have a team, what's required of you in this day? Is it the beginning of the week? Is this the time that you set your team up for the week? What's required of you in this day? And then to handle that, the impact actually and the partner, the partnership actually go hand in hand. Because when you look at what's required of you, you want to funnel it through the filter of your intended impact. And through the funnel of your intended impact, it will automatically tell you which partnerships you need to affect. Once you do that, everything lives inside of this thing called time. Time is relative. You know, it's one time here and in the Netherlands, we're a day ahead in this same span of time. (laughs) It's really relative and it's a hell of a thing. Mm -hmm. Right. However, when you identify those two things, then you want to put them on a timeline. Who do I need to contact to have these items come to fruition and fill it? And be complete. That's your day. The ideal, uh, how should I say, formula would be to close your day and include creative self-expression as the way you end your day. So whether that be going to the gym, spending time with friends, cooking dinner, having quality time with your family. That's it. That's all that, that I think that that's a full container. I think that's a full container for one single day. Yeah. And there's, you know what I love about it is that there's a lot of integrity in it. You know, it's really about being mindful of what's taking place during your day so that at the end of the day, when you go to wrap it up and let it go, that it's not a lot of work, that it's easy. Excellent. I couldn't have said it better. That's the whole intention. However, just in 24 hours, for some people, 24 hours is a lifetime. Yeah, it is. And, and when you think about it, actually, when you really think about what takes place in a day, it is a lifetime. So much actually transpires during the day. If you're very aware and present to every single thing that's transpiring. And the way to be present is to declutter. Mm. Is to declutter. And have your heart Integrity and values be the compass. Hmm. And decluttering is not a one-time thing or a seasonal thing. You need to sometimes possibly declutter every day. Hmm. In terms of your thoughts, 
the ones that are serving you versus, how should I say, depleting you, your actions, the aesthetics of your environment, your conversations, and what you made up about them. If you can close all of those things and surrender them back to the day and acknowledgement and gratitude for having the day and this new moment, life will shift exponentially. (laughs) So talking about shifting life exponentially, we only, it's hard to believe, we only have a few minutes left, but I want to give you an opportunity to talk about how people can get in touch with you, can find out about your book, to learn can learn more about the work that you do. Can you share a little bit about that in the couple of minutes we have left? Absolutely. And it is an honor to be able to share. You can contact me. You can visit my website, which is my name, ValorieThomas.com. That's V-A-L-L-O-R-I-T-H-O-M-A-S. Dot com to learn more about me. You can email me directly at Valorie at ValorieThomas.com. My Possibilitology Workshop, there's one coming up December 9th and 10th. It is in, it's an intimate setting. It's designed for 10 people so that there's that one-on-one value as well as the think tank of the minds that take place, uh, the the minds that are in the room. Um, And where is that? That takes place in New York. It's it's in a, a, a beautiful home setting upstate in Westchester. Beautiful. Easy access. The, the, the whole, the meals and everything are provided. Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful weekend. But I would say just email me or look me up on the website. I'd love to hear your feedback and, and discuss further any thoughts that you have by listening in today. I'm really grateful for the honor to share. Um, Lise, Liza. <laughs> You're my angel. Dave, thank you so, so much for being the connector. Ah, I don't know what else to say. I feel blessed and grateful for this moment. Well, this has been amazing. And there's so much more that you do that you haven't told people about. But they, you can learn more about Valoria, as she said, on her website. She's involved in many, many activities and organizations and shares her brilliant work. And, of course, um about her book that will be coming out uh, chock full of activities for people to practice many of these systems and um, ways of being that really allow you to expand your life and live your life purposefully with infinite possibilities. Thank you so much, Valori, for sharing your critically important work and your wisdom with us today. My honor and pleasure. We have just spent the last hour with Possibilitarian author and speaker, Valori Thomas. For more information on Valori and her work, go to ValoriThomas.com. Find her on my page on TalkZone or at www.imaginaconsulting.com. Until next week, change your thoughts, align your actions, see the possibilities, and follow your purpose. <laughs>